gentlemen. Uh, Can I please have your attention? Greetings, dear listeners. This is Jonah Goldberg, host of the Remnant Podcast, brought to you by the Dispatch and Dispatch Media. No, you're not listening to this at at one and a half speed. I'm just uh, eager to uh, get this thing started um, because it's a full day ahead of me, and I've already been uh, podcasting for an hour. Um, so this is the dele- long delayed, not too long delayed, but delayed uh, uh, Friday drive time thing where we have... Um, uh, these reprobates come in and we have a conversation about various things and we do, you know, incredible prep. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, we have Guy Denton from the American Enterprise Institute. Say hello, Guy. Hello, Jonah. And we have Ryan Brown from the Dispatch. Hello, hello. You have a new job now. I do, yeah. Yeah, why don't you tell us what that I is? Am, I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, 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 precious time. I am the new community manager here at the Dispatch. Uh-huh. Um, was reported for a year switching over to more business side stuff. Um, basically, my job is to just make sure our members are happy and give them more offerings than we already have. And they've and already keep... failed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, so I don't know why I'm on this podcast. But because... it's not quite a complaints department. No, 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 right, no. Right, yeah. um, you can still send those emails to Steve. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, yes, I'm hopefully just <laughs> bringing... Don't, what... <laughs> no, don't, don't do that either. Because then I will legit be fired. No, um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really pumped. Um, I mean, we, ju- good stuff. we just had a conversation on the, the Dispatch podcast about protesting in people's homes is wrong and you shouldn't do it and all that kind of stuff. But if you wanted to <laughs> mail, like, a bag of dog feces to Steve Hayes um, with your complaints, that would be yeah. fine. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. that's whatever. Um, well, congrats on the new gig. Thank you. I'm very excited. Um, and uh, I, I guess we, we shouldn't skip. So we're recording this Friday morning. Last night was the first of the... Uh, January 6th hearings, the primetime thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys watch it? Do you watch it? Uh, only bits and pieces. And you watch it? I did actually, yeah. Because you I, actually care about the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I have to admit, like, I was not going to. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remembered, like, oh, it's 8 o'clock. These hearings are going to start. I'm kind of curious. I was just going to watch the opening statement, see if it has anything in there that I was like, I'll keep watching. And I watched the, I watched the whole thing. What did you think? I was... Uh, I was surprised at how good it was, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad Liz Cheney did basically all the setting up and, and nobody else. Benny Thompson, I'm sure, is a hardworking individual, but like just doesn't have the delivery skills that Cheney does, I don't think. Um, at one point, I had to walk away because I had to like run an errand or something. And I was just walking to the store and I was like, that was a really compelling argument. It was really good. Really good. The video was amazing. I just wish that I didn't feel like I had to keep watching it for my own sake. Like, I wish I could be like, all right, clearly criminal activity happened and I'm sure my elected officials will will do what's right and and make sure this never happens again. But the bless your heart. I know, right? <laughs> like I, that was that was more crushing to me than anything else was the lack of confidence in our elected officials. Yeah, I, I think the Benny Thompson. It's Thompson, right? Not Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Thompson. Um his it, first of all, he's just kind of soporific, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's not a scintillating speaker. Yeah, but he also read so much stuff from a prompter badly. Yeah, that the that was like more than anything else lent credence to the this is all just scripted thing. Yeah, yeah. Because if all of your questions are coming off a teleprompter and yeah. 
the viewer can tell that you're reading along yeah. with a teleprompter. Yeah. Um, then you're like, oh, so this thing was just written out beforehand and it's not an actual event. It's a pseudo event. And, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I thought that part was bad. Um, I did think we actually learned, I mean, Steve went on a tear about this on the Dispatch Podcast, but I think we actually did learn some important things. The one thing uh -huh. we didn't talk about on the Dispatch Podcast was, which I think is like a really important point, is the narrative that we had for the last, has long, 18 months, something like that, yeah. 16 months, is that, well, Trump worked up the crowd, the crowd all then went to the right. Capitol, and right. things got out of hand, right? Yeah. And, and I'm fine with aspects of that narrative, because I think that is true it's just not the whole story and one of the things we learned last night is like before trump spoke yeah the worst actors already left for the capital right. yeah right yeah. so like um like there was always going to be some sort of assault on the capital right. and right. the thing that the the proud boys and the oath keepers um needed i mean other than dates was uh a mob to let them yeah. do what they wanted to do. And right. that's what Trump provided. So, right. I mean, they're like, I, you know, I mean, again, I'm on record. They should have impeached and convicted Trump within 72 hours right. of January 6th. Yeah. But um, I think that part is important to know. I just mm -hmm. don't know. I, I hate this conversation or like will change people's minds. But yeah. it's doesn't mean there are lots of conversations I hate. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, God, do you have any? thoughts on this whatsoever i mean are you are you set are you questioning your decision to come to america uh no a british guy testified yeah that, that's british? why i didn't watch he couldn't wear a tie i mean <laughs> yeah. like that, what the hell was that <laughs> was like he, he clearly was like i'm just here for legal reasons only yeah. like i don't think he was not playing the playing the role very well but yeah but he's british Sure was. <laughs> a lot of this, the funny thing is, a lot of this isn't new, though. A lot of this was in the New York Times, uh, the, the big New York Times video that came out last year, the 40-minute mm -hmm. one that reconstructed the whole siege. And then a lot of the other information about the Oath Keepers in particular and how the Oath Keepers were organized and what they were planning and how they uh, rallied up the crowd and communicated in the dark corners of the internet beforehand has been covered by covered at length by various media outlets over the last few months but it didn't really receive <laughs> much coverage in it wasn't it wasn't covered as prominently as it wasn't covered as prominently as the actual uh, just the attack on the capital itself and the man with the mm -hmm. viking helmet on his head yeah and what's it's it's terrifying in a way but it's also darkly fascinating to see <laughs> a, a very much another side of American life <laughs> in the sense that these yeah. groups exist. And yeah. now through the through the power of the internet, these groups were conspiring for who knows how long in advance mm -hmm. and viewed viewed themselves as righteous actors who Yeah. They think they're like the new founding fathers, I think. They think I think they think like, oh, there'll be museums for us one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um maybe they'll be taxidermy but like <laughs> i it's weird though like historically you would expect like when you watch those videos they should all be like 17 to 25 year old dudes yeah and there were a lot of fat middle-aged yeah. dudes yeah. doing this. the other yeah. people yeah. are primarily ex 
police officers and military guys. Is that right? right? I, I believe so. I fell into a rabbit hole on this the other day because I was looking. So you were trying to join? Exactly. <laughs> and I quickly realized that <laughs> not fast this round. But apparently the Oath Keepers was, the Oath Keepers was formed, I think, I could be misremembering this, but maybe back in the mid-2000s uh -huh. by a bunch of disgruntled <laughs> oh really? They've been around that long. Uh, I I think by a bunch of disgruntled ex sheriffs and ex cops huh. who wanted to form a militia, a reactionary militia unit. Yeah, and then probably in in the age of QAnon and in the age of yeah. Trump, they latched themselves onto other conspiracy theories and fell on with the insane stop the steal stuff just just as an extension of that but undoubtedly many of them have wanted to overthrow the government for years anyway yeah. Yeah. and trump just facilitated it i mean i wrote about this on the anniversary like um like i as just a matter of intellectual honesty i have to like concede that like these guys are fascist yeah. Um, you know, the original fascists, not the Nazis, the Italians, you know, the original fascisti were uh, um, mostly military veterans and they were, you know, fans of the socialism of the trenches, as they called it. And um, and most of those guys who did the March on Rome stuff were like ex-military goons who like missed that kind of camaraderie. And right. like these right. kinds of groups are that kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. um, and the. Like those kinds of like weird militias have always existed in America, and I never mm -hmm. thought they were particularly interesting because they were just so unconnected from right. mainstream political institutions or yeah. power. And yeah. like the part of the damage that Trump has done is like he's provided that connective tissue. Right. You know, right. and there's also I remember there's a point that Paul Johnson makes in History of the American People that this sort of fiery ultra ultra reactionary sensibility is something that's always existed in, a, in American life on the fringes, that kind of extreme paranoia. And you saw it at Salem, you saw it with the Red Scare, and now <laughs> you see it, this is the new manifestation of it in the dark, alienated internet age. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I generally agree with that. I, I, I get annoyed sometimes. I mean, I like Paul Johnson a lot. Um, um, Modern Times is one of my favorite books, but... Um, this tendency to sort of only, I'm not accusing him of it, but there's this tendency to sort of think that that kind of thing is purely a right-wing phenomenon, mm -hmm. which it's not. Yeah. And then because it often, but it obviously sometimes is a right-wing phenomenon that therefore is integrally connected to sort of modern American conservatism, right. which it often isn't. And, right. um, uh, and so I just, you need to make a lot of sort of distinctions. I mean, you know, what, what, what side of the ideological spectrum were the know-nothings of the 19th century? I mean, mm -hmm. like they were anti-immigrant, but they were also, you know, weirdly populist about economic issues. And, you know, same thing with the free silver movement, were they right wing, were they left wing? It just, the, the taxonomy gets kind of complicated after a little while. Um, anyway, uh, we don't have to dwell on Life the pun. Goes on. Life goes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm curious, if, I'm curious well, how many people watched. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> Do we do we know how many people watched it? I don't. I have no idea. I mean, the the most I, I gotta say. So I, you know, I wrote the Wednesday G file. Like I, I, I talked about that ridiculous appearance I had with Anna Navarro, yes. but then um, on CNN, and then the second half, I I raked Fox over the coals for its decision not to cover. Yeah. Right. Which is just an incoherent mess. Right. Yeah. But like the one thing I did not anticipate. Um, like one of the, the I talked talked about this on the dispatch podcast, but like one of the things 
One of the theories I thought was possible, and it wasn't my main one or anything like that, was that Fox just didn't want to give up on the revenue for yeah. all its primetime shows to right. cover something that everybody else is already covering. Right. And then <laughs> you discover that Tucker refused to have commercial breaks. Oh, seriously? Yeah, <laughs> it was uninterrupted. He was like, no really? commercial breaks. Because, like, it's just such a damning thing. It is like, we cannot risk our core audience changing the channel <laughs> during a commercial break, during like, wow. you know, a, you know, a, you know, an ad for my pillow or yeah. Jardians or whatever those, you know, uh, you know, uh, weird drugs wow. that they're constantly pushing yeah, right. um, yeah. for even a minute. Yeah. Right. And find out that like, oh my gosh, like there's merit to this. Right. Um, and wow. it is such an indefensible thing. It's, yeah. it's so, I, I, I'm, I pride myself on my deep misanthropic cynicism and <laughs> inability to be shocked by anything, but that really yeah. kind of surprised me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's weird. Um, speaking of which, I am obsessed with reading. I, I will pause my DVR and read the fine print on pharmaceutical ads on TV. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm weirdly oh kind gosh. of obsessed with this. And <laughs> what's in there? I've well, never no, thought like, to I always like the like... disclaimers. First of all, I love like, you know, do not take this drug if you were allergic to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for telling <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that would never have come up when I asked my doctor right, for yeah. a prescription. <laughs> you know? um, but I mentioned that that Jardians thing because last night I paused something and and I, I, I want to be delicate about this. I don't really quite understand what it does. It's some sort of like helps you burn more sugar to lose weight kind of thing. Oh. But it had in the very small print flashing between these people like playing with <laughs> balloons or pizza, beach, right. ball, beach yeah. balls or whatever. No, no, it can cause an infection of the perineum. And right. the perineum, I think you kids would call it the taint. <laughs> <laughs> That is correct. I'm watching this uh, stuff about like January 6th things, and I'm like, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, justice, taint, tainted justice. It was like, it was just like, I, it was bizarre. And then there's this other ad that drives me crazy. It's for, and I will again I have to be delicate about this. It's it's called Azo, and it okay. are the pro, it's a it's a series of products, right? And there's this earnest young professional woman at the supermarket. And she's explaining in very blunt terminology about how these different brand, the different uh, versions of this Azo product uh -huh. are good for uh, the female genitalia, right? Okay. And right. and right. she's like, this one's for pH balance. This one's for this. This one's for this. And the cashier <laughs> is like nodding and really interested. <laughs> and then the cashier says. In the feminine hygiene aisle, right? As if like it might be in some <laughs> other aisle. Power tools. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, anyway, it just it's an obsession of mine and it's not a healthy one. So do you um, so do you I'm just trying to picture this uh -huh. actually happen at your home. Like you pause yeah. it, uh -huh. you get off the couch, walk up to the TV and like pretty much read it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I, wow. I, just, I find pharmaceutical advertising wow. fascinating in all sorts of different ways. And because um, they're so lawyered up. Right. Yeah. But they, they, they populate cable, particularly like Morning Joe, which I watch. Right. And which is why I have, you know, all these scars from cutting myself. But right, right. Uh, it's um, 
it's basically all ads for old people right. who whose you know plumbing isn't working properly right, anymore right. and right. um and so I don't need any of these drugs as far as I can right. tell, but I love the fine print on yeah. them, you know, because like at some point, you know, may cause, you know, there was, they did a spoof on this on the Simpsons years ago, you know, may cause gigantisms, you know, or something <laughs> like that, you know, like some of the possible side effects yeah. really make like, um, mildly improving, you know, your right. hay fever, not worth right. it. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> may spontaneously combust. <laughs> you may eat your child's face, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I just love, I just love the thought of you standing in front of your TV, like, huh? Oh. and your daughter walks in like, what are you doing? Dad? <laughs> just reading the fine print. That's that has literally happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she went to California. Yeah. She's like, I need to get out. All right. So speaking of things that are not worth my time, we just did a segment on the Dispatch podcast. Great new segment called Not Worth Your Time. Yeah. And I disagreed with them. Well, I don't, I don't want to say that. My analogy was like, there are lots of things I watch on TV that I know are not worth my time. And yet mm -hmm. I watch them. Right. They wanted to do. That's called being an American. That's, that's <laughs> damn straight. Uh, I did. A, and so they picked this controversy at the Washington Post with Dave oh, Weigel yeah. and what was her, what's the woman's name? Felicia Sonmez or yeah, Sonmez, I think that's something right. like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, who got fired yesterday. Yeah. Which I thought was fascinating. They did it right in the middle of like the, like the lead up to the January yeah, 6th yeah. hearings. Like, yeah. you know, that was a fr Friday news dump <laughs> on Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was late to follow this thing, but I grew fast in part because I know Weigel a little bit, yeah. you know, and he's been around for a long time yeah. and like, um, uh, but you're young's. Um, what did you make of this thing? I mean, ugh, like, it's just like, again, like we're, do, we're doing this again. And this is, this one seemed especially stupid, especially stupid. Um, and I thought David, I think it was David. I think he made this point in Slack. So not publicly, but, uh, he said, do, do apologies mean anything anymore? Cause yeah. like Dave, like unretweeted it, whatever, apologize yet. He's still. Uh, suspended or whatever. I was thrilled to see that she was fired. Yeah, <laughs> like, that that I didn't expect that. I didn't either. I thought yeah. that was a really good sign. Yeah, because um, and... this is not the first time she's done this. Like she's she's kind of I think made a career of like yeah. picking Washington Post her her colleagues out and just lambasting them on Twitter. And I, I want to be pretty, pretty clear about something. Um, you too could get fired for doing things like <laughs> yeah, this from the course. dispatch. Of course. Like, of, <laughs> you know, why did it take so many times, frankly? Like, yeah. of course you can. But uh, so one of my favorite things that came out of this was there was this kid who I'd seen from the Washington Post, blue checkmark, who'd been tweeting in Sanmez's defense, mm. right? Is one mm -hmm. of like, and pointing out like sort of social justice, Twitter snitching, like, you know, the people who liked this problematic tweet all of them are white males that work at the post and blah, 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 blah. And this guy also works at the post, right? And then I think it was Christina, my colleague at the American Enterprise Institute, at least I saw it from her Twitter feed, revealed that this guy who'd been doing this, who does work at the Washington Post, graduated from Stanford like last year. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's like larval as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, and uh, is not does not work for the editorial side of the newspaper at all. Oh, really? He's like a computer programmer, oh. engineer kind of guy. <laughs> but someone found a piece he wrote. You got to find it and put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, it is so awesome. He 
wrote a piece for the Stanford newspaper. Okay. That first of all begins, you know, it's going to be good because it begins with the, the trigger warning note. This article discusses eating disorders. So you're oh, like, okay, right. You know, loins girded. <laughs> and then, uh, it goes on to explain that I defecate you negatory that he says, even though I have, even though my eating disorder is undiagnosed, Okay, okay, so already we are on some right. pretty flimsy right. <laughs> kind of ground. Yeah. Uh, apparently his eating disorder is that in, in socially pressured situations, crowds, right? Sure. Apparently, the, which includes the dining hall at Stanford, right. right? He tends not to eat as much as he should. And Stanford, because it only has buffets, is not ensuring that he gets the proper portion of food for his dietary needs. You're kidding me. No, I, 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 I defecate your <laughs> negatory. And this is an outrage what? that like, and like you're reading this thing, this. it's, and you're just like, like, wow. First of all, there, there's this really interesting technology called the sandwich. <laughs> um, which will cover like a lot of and also i should point out i've been to stanford i was a i was a hoover institution media fellow 22 years ago nice and that was the first college cafeteria i ever saw that actually had that served sushi right so there's lots yeah. of like oh college cafeterias are insane yeah 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 so like the insane. idea that like 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 you need your hand held for um portion control because otherwise you will be an emaciated snowflake i just thought was sort of fascinating but um That's wild anyway i i find the i again i just mentioned this on the, on the dispatch podcast but like this charlie cook point which i guess i mentioned in the roy to podcast that the mo the institutions that are supposed to be the most liberal or the mm -hmm. are like among the least liberal institutions in america mm -hmm. um um the washington post <laughs> i found it yeah Found the oh. article. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I just got excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Title. Good, good Title. job, Ryan. That was a <laughs> good <laughs> end. I don't use the word hero often. <laughs> um, anyway, I just thought it was just like it's it, it was just like one of these things where you kept pulling on the string of the Washington Post story, just more yeah stuff yeah. came out. I'm, and I'm still hung up on the fact that colleges here have cafeterias. Do, do that feed what? you in the UK? Nope. Really? Are no. You, what? Seriously? No cafeterias. No. But like restaurants and cafes and things on campuses. Yeah, no, I assumed there was food over there. <laughs> but not, not actual cafeterias or eating really? halls or anything. No. What? So what? It's a barbaric primitive <laughs> plan, as I've made clear many times. So you didn't like pay for a meal plan? Nope. Nothing like that. No. If you want food, you cook for yourself or you buy it from one of the restaurants on campus. Wow. That's crazy to me. Because actually, like, universities in America are leaning so hard into perks of like going to that school and they're these cafeterias are insane and so the fact that you don't have any that's wild what did you eat it has not been easy for me right <laughs> well I mean like you could just ask that question about being in England yeah, yeah true 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 good point this has been a, a well-worn point I also wonder if I could sue AEI on similar grounds and get a oh my god no at AI you must be living the high life at AI now this is everything they got it they have a full they do. Capture. they do in comparison I do I'll also wow. take that Washington Post point and just use it to plug something I'm working on um I the other week I went to New York 
and met with Jonathan Haidt. And we talked about we talked about cancel culture as an extension of the thesis and the coddling of the American mind. Mm-hmm. And he and also connect tying it into the Atlantic essay where he <laughs> expresses much deeper pessimism about the future of the country and the future of my generation and the generation coming up than he did even in that book. And at one point I asked I asked him when we were wrapping up whether he thought that whether he thought that the challenges he identifies at the end of that essay could realistically be solved by people of my generation and the next generation, or if they're simply too fragile and if institutions will continue to become more insane and more censorious and more uh, and what was m- more insulated. Nope. <laughs> Direct quote. Nope. <laughs> he was not, I agree. He was not a I bundle agree. of joy, but we had a nice lunch. Um, uh, so since you bring up that you were recently in New York on some sort of writing assignment I was unaware of, uh, <laughs> the other day uh, we were in the editorial meeting at the Dispatch and uh, Alec Dent, who's both the head of the fact-checking department and also the culture editor, which we do cultural stuff on weekends, Not we're, 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 yes. running, we're, we're running stuff that's coming, we're running through the stuff that's coming in down the pipeline and, yeah. and, and Alec mentions, oh, and Guy has recently went out to uh, Tennessee, Nashville, Nashville, yeah. Nashville. Oh, thanks, Ryan. For uh, <laughs> I, I remember every I remember yeah. every detail to go of this to conversation. A, uh, some sort of kiss convention, and let's give the listeners a minute to think about what kiss means here in this context. Give that's a right. Um, um, kiss for you, youngs. It was a band that was quite popular when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, they wore makeup, sort of. I don't. I don't want to get. We're, we're, we're going to let Guy explain most of yeah. this in a second. But, I just didn't want people to think Guy was at like a orgy, like a kiss um, convention. Of course not. And uh, <laughs> and so this was uh, news to me, and um, I was like, "Is this why Guy had to take a couple days off from work last week?" And everyone was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> I think we just ratted out Guy," and like. I honestly thought like this was more of like you trying to get like a social security number or like helping <laughs> yeah. with your citizen stuff, not like just jaunting off to uh, <laughs> Nashville to dress up like Star Lord or whatever. And um, so, why don't you preview this uh, wonderful subsidized trip that you made um, uh, <laughs> to attend a convention? Did you get dressed up yourself? Did you put the makeup on? Yeah. In my defense, I had to pay for the whole thing out of pocket. It wasn't oh. subsidized. I wish it was. If you that, I don't know. Makes I mean, it like, weirder. When <laughs> I, like if I have a salary, if I'm making a salary and then I go off to do my own little project, it seems to me I'm subsidized to some degree. <laughs> but anyway, we can have we can we can we can have these conversations another time. I'm sorry we weren't as we didn't subsidize it as much as you would like. <laughs> Uh, I think it's weirder but, that he just decided to go on his own to a if, kiss If you think that you weren't subsidized at all, we can always just dock you the pay that you made <laughs> those days um, since you weren't. I did take vacation days. Uh, I'll, I'll check the paperwork. <laughs> anyway, uh, please go on. Uh, how was it? <laughs> well, um, I so I took so the week before I took two days vacation uh-huh. to go to New York, uh-huh. and, vacation. and then I took two days vacation uh-huh. to go to Nashville, uh-huh. and the 
ev- nothing fell apart while I was gone. Yeah, no, no, like, don't don't try to de- defend yourself. <laughs> yeah. in I just want to hear about where you went. I want to know. I want to know more. So. so I I had never been to the south before. So uh-huh. a few months ago, I caught word through the grapevine that 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 this was happening. The kiss convention. Yeah, the, the kiss, kiss convention. convention. Yes. When you say you caught word, was this like one of your many kiss listservs that you subscribe yeah, like, to? Well. I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you a Kiss fan? Well, that's why I went. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I could see writing about it as a sort of kitschy, look what yeah. these strange people are doing. I mean, like, I could see writing about Civil War reenactors without right. assuming that you are, like, right. a, a fan of the Confederacy. Right. Um, Conan did... So tiny uh, so baseball nut because he likes. I it. am, yes, okay. an, an obsessive one, and okay. have been for really? ten years. I could write, I could write about six books about Kiss just based on what I have crammed into my brain. If I had, which known, is a, if I had known this, yeah, like, oh, I know. Oh this was why it didn't come up at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I would not. I found that only after like he was literally at AI that he doesn't like dogs, and oh now I gosh. find out that. <laughs> That he's like, and a, I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't care about it. Yeah, uh, you know, more, wow. for, more for me. Um, all right, so, uh, so you went because you are a, a disordered personality. Yes. You went to this, this is thing. Um, uh, Were you the youngest person there? No. Well, th- this is the thing. Well, I would say you could learn all about it this weekend, but Alec has just texted me to say it's coming out next weekend, so his number's getting blocked. But uh, I, I was not the youngest person. There were people around my age, people a few years older, many children, uh, many, many, many men whose wives had declined to come with them, as you can imagine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but th- so this was, so I heard about it a few months ago, and initially I was not planning on going. Were Paul Stanley but, or any of those guys there? Well, uh, yeah, so, so Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons were not. Uh-huh. But the the appeal of it and what pushed me over the edge of going was that the four, <laughs> four former... You, this is a whole Sorry. new dimension of <laughs> nerd uh-huh. for, for, for Jonah Land. Uh-huh. But the four former living members of KISS, including Ace Fraley and uh-huh. Peter Chris, the uh-huh. two other original members, we're all there and we're all going to be performing individually and Whoa. also performing together in combinations that have never happened before and may never happen again. Uh-huh. So this was over Memorial wow. Day weekend and uh-huh. Ace played on Friday night and then the two other guitarists, one played on Saturday, one played on Sunday and there were concerts throughout each day and there was also a giant expo thing with an inordinate amount of ephemera scattered around during the day on the weekends and this was in this was in nashville at a an airport hotel because (laughs) best kind of of course exactly uh, and a hotel that they had rejiggered they used the they they put up a geodesic dome beside it and used that for the actual expo part and then used the ballroom for the concerts at night uh-huh. And I got in, I flew to Nashville on the, the Thursday morning uh-huh. and spent some time exploring Nashville, which was colorful in itself. Nashville's <laughs> a great town. I love Nashville. It's I've not, never been. Really it was yeah. not quite prepared for Vegas but with country music, but it was, uh-huh. it was fun and interesting. And then I went to the hotel and immediately found myself surrounded by greasy haired, tattooed, broadly speaking, middle-aged people. But it was... Did they have like the did everyone have the makeup? This is the funny thing. No, no, I did not. I did not wear makeup. I only saw five people over the entire weekend in makeup. 
There uh-huh. were three really? guys, three guys who actually got dressed up. Uh-huh. And the funny thing is, they'd all come separately. Can you imagine the disappointment of those guys? We're going to a kiss convention, the only place where I can do this, and it's not weird, and it's still weird. It's always Halloween, yeah. but people yeah, people were so. taking pictures with them, uh-huh. and there was a, a married couple who also had makeup on. No one else did. Uh-huh. Everyone else just was wearing t-shirts, uh-huh. and the number of unique <laughs> kiss t-shirts in existence was shocking yeah. to uh-huh. me. I, I believe that. I yeah. believe that. And so, um. There's just so many questions. Why are you a Kiss fan? <laughs> well, is it, is, is it is it the music? In part. Okay. But it's fun music. But, I mean. Whew, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Like, <laughs> come on. I think Kiss, I well, I think the reason why, and I think the reason why Kiss appealed to young adolescent Americans in the 70s in particular was that it was, the emphasis was just on escapism. The emphasis of the music and on the image was just on escapism and self-liberation uh-huh. which if you were stuck in suburban michigan no offense hey, working at an awful, <laughs> he's getting defensive oh <laughs> i just said it was good music i'm your only ally in this room right now <laughs> he's gonna go over bay city rollers in a second yeah. <laughs> working at an auto plant or something uh-huh. then that gave you two two blissful hours of your life once a year where you could finally get away from it all and forget the drudgery of existence i think good kiss is weirdly good marxist yeah. kind of like, like really frankfurt serious. school theory of yeah. kiss I, wow. I think kiss, yeah, kiss just yeah. scr- the the image of kiss i think scratches a certain itch for people that's the only theory i have of, of why of why kiss fans can be so okay. rabid so i like uh, like kiss started before i like what 73 right? uh yes yeah so like like in new york yeah so like that's like that's in some ways even before my time right because i didn't like start <laughs> listening to music until my you know, like on, yeah, double digits, right? Something right. like that. Right. But I had lots of friends who were big Kiss fans when I was a kid, and um, I I've seen the Kiss movie, um, the old Phantom of the Park, really? um, and uh, <laughs> have you? I'm assuming you've seen the movie. Yes. Um, but how many times? It's an abomination, right? Yeah, no, you should it's, not it's, watch it's, it. It's not good. I mean, the special effects are. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I really uh, want to watch. But that. so, remind me, I memory serves there is some mythology to like their characters like the what is the backstory not, supposed to be not really a mythology the characters were supposed to be an extension of each member's personality so gene simmons loved sci-fi and comics and horror movies so that's why he spat blood and breathed fire and uh-huh. made himself mm-hmm. look like a demon paul stanley was neurotic and attention starved and never had women look at him so that's why he became the overly sensitive guy with a star on his face Uh ace fraley was weird and obsessed with astronauts and aliens and outer space so that's he became the space ace and then peter chris i guess just wasn't very bright and liked cats so he took up cat makeup and um I like that. Like those other ones were so specific, and there's a guy like cats. I can't, he, was, he was pretty dumb, right? and he liked yeah. cats. So yeah, yeah. I really think that's the reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay, but there, I, I could swear there was like some well, backstory, it, like mythology, kind of like comic booky kind of storyline. Not really, although there were Kiss comics written when when the band took Maybe off. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. So there, there was a Kiss comic, I think, in '76 or '77 that was huge, and Stanley wrote and published it 
Stan Lee did? Yeah, it was published by Marvel. Uh, I, I, think, I remember having I it. I think Howard the Duck is actually in yeah, it. No, that rings well. uh, I think they fight Doctor Doom or something like that. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And there was a fair, there's a famous story where Stan Lee came in a limo to the studio where Kiss was recording one day, and he took them out to the manufacturing plant where they were making the first comic, and the four members each pricked their fingers and dripped blood into the vat of ink. Uh -huh. And so those original comics are now worth a fortune because they have the blood of the four members in them. They have their, <laughs> their DNA. All right, so um, oh you should write a screenplay about someone who wants to clone Kiss, and they have to get that comic book. Right. great. Because you know, be there's no other way to get bodily fluids from members of Kiss <laughs> except for that comic book. But anyway, um, uh, right, so again... Never a huge fan of Kiss, but like I was I lived in some of that world and like what genre of rock and roll was Kiss? Good question. I would say I would say just just rock and roll. I know, like so like I mean not not a precursor of glam. Well, you mm. you, you could call it glam, but uh, glam, I would say, was a British thing that predated Kiss and that Kiss drew a lot from. Well, what do you call the big hair of the early 80s rock stuff from the Oh, West that Coast? would be like he glam like, metal or yeah, hair metal. Like, yeah. Kiss turned into hair. that in the 80s because That's they they took the makeup off uh -huh. and didn't know what to do, so they just followed trends and okay. had a very a rough... sister had big hair. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm sort of thinking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. And, you know, like... In that decade, they, that, they, they did just powder their hair up and probably wear more makeup then than they did yeah. in the 70s just to try and keep up with the times but there but, wasn't i mean like there wasn't what this is like this is a rarely used corner of my my cranial archive so i, <laughs> I, I i'm just groping at things here but i could swear there were like kiss imitators there were other bands that were sort of into the same sort of scene in some way, or no? It would just be glam rock, I suppose. But a, mm -hmm. a lot of it all happened at the same time. But then, then in the eighties, the, the common term for the what followed Kiss in the eighties would be hair metal or yeah, glam yeah. metal and all that. of those. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Wait. So when when they performed, I mean, Alice Cooper was kind of yeah. And, oh and yeah. Alice Cooper, I guess, would just you just call it glam too, or shock rock. I guess was yeah. the shock term at the time. Okay. But huh. all of this was short lived. Too. So it's funny. I, I I googled was what genre was Kiss, <laughs> and the people also ask drop down thing is yeah. what kind of genre is Kiss? Is Kiss rock or metal? Is Kiss a glam rock band? Is Kiss considered punk? I want to be very clear. I do not think that Kiss is considered punk. Certainly no, not. No. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. All right, but, um, it, but but this was it was a fascinating experience in terms of people watching. And also a, a delightful respite from a, a delightful from your work. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> a delightful return to normalcy uh, after two miserable years of largely being uh, trapped indoors until you rescued me, Jonah, uh, just to uh, get defensive yeah, again. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, more, more gratitude. So, um, it's a shame that you were in Tennessee and you didn't make your way to Graceland. Because Graceland's oh, fascinating. Yes. Or, or Memphis or any of those places. Yeah, like, Memphis. I mean, was it Beale Street? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Um, and uh, um, the Peabody Hotel is awesome because it has ducks that come down in an elevator every day, cool. a cocktail hour. And they have a whole ceremony where they march them out to the central fountain in the, hmm. in the lobby. And hmm. then they swim there for a while. And 
my wife didn't believe me and I brought <laughs> her there on a date and I was like, there you go. Look at the ducks. <laughs> and, um, but, um, oh, speaking of which, uh, my negotiators and my wife's negotiators have finally come to agreement and she will be coming back on the remnant. Um, to talk about kiss fairly soon. I'm sure she has opinion. She knows a lot more about music than I do. Um, but she's more of a, like an Elvis Costello type person. You're not much of a music nerd. I, I remember you. I am not much of a music music. Nerd. I like music. You know, but like I'm not to me, it's mostly like um, like in high school, like there were these things before iPhones called Walkman, which is a big deal. And uh, um, I used to listen to a lot of music when I was walking around the city and all that kind of stuff. But basically now I have music in the background while I'm writing. And otherwise, I just don't listen to music very much. My wife listens to a lot more music um, and was, you know, and can can speak intelligently about a lot of the stuff that I I. I can't. Um, but uh, see, for me, it's it's the opposite. Music for me was the first thing that I really became obsessed with. That's at, very common. At the age that's, when you start developing obsessions. Yeah, that's 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 normal, right? I mean, like I'm not, you know, like I, I don't I don't begrudge people that. Um, um, but just it wasn't for me. Um, you know, I, I obviously I, I've had my obsessions. Um, Kiss was my dune, Jonah. Um, <laughs> you could say. Maybe that's the title of this podcast. Was Kiss was my dune, <laughs> Jonah. Um, um, so, I feel like we're missing something on this Kiss front, though. Like, this is, you're too unapologetic. Uh, <laughs> well, what did you wear? Uh, I Kiss t-shirts. <laughs> as as everyone else in attendance did. It, what was funny was that did you go alone? I did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone who's yeah, an yeah. obsessive kiss freak and would have paid to go to. Oh yes, there were plenty of. Well, that was the thing. Everyone there is a like-minded misfit nerd, so there right. were plenty of people to laugh with and have great conversations with. So going alone wasn't really a concern. How many? How, what, yeah. Total occupant. Total crowd. I'd say it was about roughly eight hundred. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they built a dome. I, the dome may have been there. Or I'm not sure. I'm guessing they erected it. But the huh. <laughs> so on fr Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, each had a series of concerts. Uh -huh. And and this is a, I'll go through this as quickly as I can because it's minutia. <laughs> but one listener will probably recognize and go, "Oh, they're talking about it." But for a brief kissed briefly to the tour at the beginning of the '80s before they took the makeup off, where the stage set was like a tank. Mm -hmm. that was constructed and jutted out across the stage. And the, the, the this event, this was an amateur hour event organized by an extremely wealthy businessman who someone while I was there told me he, I don't know if he owned a particular branch of a bank or owned his own local bank or something mm -hmm. like that, but apparently sold it off and made millions and used part of the pro a large amount of the profits just to throw this event together hmm. for his own enjoyment and for the edification wow. of, of like-minded nerds. But one wow. of the things they did was reconstruct that tank set and put it in the hotel ballroom on Saturday night so, what, so, the, so the three former guitarists who were in attendance could perform in front of it. And wow. the thing became... An absolute disaster because one of the one of the guitarists who was in the band for a very brief period of time isn't particularly sane mm -hmm. and is sort of a <laughs> recluse and a fraudster. Who, who, who would have guessed such a thing? <laughs> right. So he was supposed to play his own full show, 
And what it turned into was we were kept waiting for about two hours. Then we all walked in, and he was stood on top of this tank with smoke billowing out, shredding like it's 1986 on his pink guitar for about 20 minutes. Everyone has baffled looks on their faces. <laughs> then a drum track starts playing. This, this guy comes out with a bass looking very nervous and trying to amp the crowd up. And yelling at everyone, isn't this cool? <laughs> and then the two other former guitarists come out, play three songs awkwardly together to a drum track in front of this tank. Then it ends, and the tank was stripped down that evening and never seen again. <laughs> oh so they gosh. spent probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, to build this thing wow. just for a train wreck to unfold in front wow. of it, which was funny for all of us there. We all had a great time talking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> right. I, mean, so, I feel like uh, we could talk about this for like another three hours. Oh, I'm happy we should to. probably stop. Have you guys watched Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. Um, I did watch Under the Banner of Heaven, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, like, I've been meaning to uh, yell at you about this. Um, um, what? We I, we started watching on your recommendation. Oh. And, because uh, we talked about this briefly on here before. Yeah. And um, um, I don't dislike it. I don't okay. want to be very clear about this. Okay. Um, I don't like it that much, <laughs> uh, but I don't dislike it. I mean, it's like, if we don't have another, we can watch another one kind of yeah. thing. Uh, my wife's more into it. The thing I really don't like about it, spoiler alert, I mean, um, is the constant retreat to these re historical reenactments. I like that. Which I think probably works really well in the book. Yeah, right. Right, where they're right. sort of, here's the context, here's explaining what right. these references are right. to. But it feels very sort of flashback to Jedediah Springfield. We have to marry our cousins from The Simpsons kind of thing to me. And, um, and that's know, what it was, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what's so crazy about it. I, I will not sit here and let you, you know, demean Mormons. I'm, no, I mean, I'm, they're, I'm they're such good people. It's such a wild story. Um, turns out also, so I don't, this isn't a spoiler, but the detectives in the show mm -hmm. are, they don't exist. They're not real people. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they personified. Sort of like the characters from Kiss. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Lafferty's are real. The story's real. Uh -huh. But Detective Pyrie and. They're, uh, they're basically a plot device. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Because that's, that's they, the author, I don't know if it was the author or the show creator, talked to actual investigators and they're like, please don't put my name in. It's like, I don't want to relive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they invented these guys. Okay. All right. So, um, but I'm not done yet. You know, I, I want to finish it. So it's really, it's good. I mean, have, did you read the book? No. Okay. Yeah. No. I didn't know like how it all ended. So I was just kind of entranced by the true crime. Yeah. And the Mormon stuff. But um, the kiss mythology you may be thinking of, I'm just going to drag it back uh, to this because I remembered <laughs> something. No, please do, guys. I think, please do. I think comes from the Phantom of the Park movie, which I imagine you saw when case. you were a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the plot, uh, quote unquote, of that movie is that kiss is a, it's not even really explained. Kiss are four guys who have either come into being or happen to have supernatural powers because there are four talents. What is the plural of tal talisman? Talismans? Talismen? I have no idea. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. It's a good question. <laughs> you could have said whatever you wanted. Talisman in existence, uh -huh. but give each of them mythical powers. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm <laughs> to going inhabit these yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did see. I a lot like my dinner with Andre. In that, that way. That's right. Yeah. I the one Kenobi related thing I saw was a clip came up in my YouTube recommended, and the nostalgic part of my brain couldn't resist clicking on it, and it was the scene. Spoilers, I don't know. I'm not watching the show. I don't know if this is a big thing. Where he meets Vader and fights mm -hmm. him in mm -hmm. the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. And the production design didn't look especially inspired. Yeah, no, it was it looked like it was sort of dark to hide the duct tape kind of thing. But right. like, all right, so since you brought it up, I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. Uh, this, you brought it up before and then right. No, I know, but up. you brought up the meeting of, of Kenobi and Vader. Is right? that what you were talking about? I, okay. And I don't even know what like I, I I take I take considerable offense that I'm here with you young and, and like I'm the one who has to get offended by this stuff. But like, um, it doesn't make sense, right? With yeah, the, with I the mean, dialogue like, from the original. I mean, I'll I'll wait till I have someone on here who can speak intelligently about these issues. Yeah, not, <laughs> because not, you guys be. clearly cannot. But uh -uh. Um, uh -uh. Uh, the point is, is that, like, I th all this constant retconning of like, uh, retconning is not even the right word. Just rewriting. Of canon for like a new generation, like 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 the original Star Wars movie, mm -hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi had not encountered Darth Vader for a very long time. Right. Okay. And in this, given this timeline, it's been like five years since the last movie, and it's like five years until the original Star Wars movie, and they're already yeah. like having lightsaber fights, and it's like yeah. how this makes no sense, right? Yeah. And you had the same thing in like the Picard show where like all of these things that just contradict the original narrative. And I, I know this is a very nerdy point, but like, I don't get when you have, forget the Star Trek stuff. When you have, when, when Star Wars has an unlimited budget, right? Why yeah. you can't have like a head of product who is sort of like, Okay, here are these landmarks in our storyline. Yeah. Right around these things right. so we don't mess right. them up. Can't be because that hard. one of the things that and I, I think this is something that guy, you know, can appreciate as a different flavor of nerd is like the backstory canon stuff, like the little details. Yeah. About like the origin story or like the liner notes and all these kinds of things. Yeah. This is the 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 yeasty part of nerdery, yeah, right? And if right. you just think you can rewrite that stuff, yeah, it it turns off people because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's there's no consistency to these characters, right? And you would think a multi billion dollar intellectual <laughs> yeah. property, they would spend a little time just like um, protecting the storyline. But I yeah. think I think the problem is I'll give you some semi intelligent nerdery because I. Watch Star Wars a lot when I was a kid. And I think the problem is those three original movies were just three solid, it's, again, it's going back to Kiss, mm -hmm. escapist movies that appealed to people in large part. The, the sci-fi component was just secondary to the fact that the main characters were all likable and well-rounded. Oh, yeah. And they developed over the course of the films. There really wasn't that much. There was a broader world. There were bigger ideas. But there really wasn't that much ever to work with to make a whole gigantic universe out of that 
with comics and books and a billion other movies and prequels and sequels and TV spin-offs. I don't think I don't think Star Star Wars itself was always just a fairly limited kind of idea. And I don't think that Yeah, was, I just disagree. I just disagree with that. I mean, I agree with you that the original movie had much more to do with like sort of you know what, what, Richard Campbell, the power of myth, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it was right. It was much more like a Western than it was a sci-fi movie. And, but the world building was convincing. I mean, this, the most brilliant thing about the star Wars world building was those, was that first sentence saying a long time ago in a galaxy far, far right. away, because yeah. it gave the audience permission to not bring anything from their own world to this one. Right. right? right. And this was one of my great peeves about what Lucas did with the, the prequels that shall not be named is he would he would often break the wall mm -hmm. with the audience and make references jokey ones whatever to this world right yeah. and yeah. it's like you've got total license right. not to do that right right right, right. And like to me it's like it'd be like watching lord of the rings where they make some you know veiled seinfeld reference yeah, right. it's just like you don't do that <laughs> yeah, right yeah, you know yeah. and um, and I realized I, there was a great episode of Taxi when you guys were still larval, uh, <laughs> where um, Jim Ignatowski, um starts ranting about how in season three of Star Trek, they just ha started having Romulans doing things that Romulans would never do. So I understand what I sound like here. <laughs> That's fine. But like my point is, is like the investment that people have in these products is enormous. Yeah. And it would be just as easy I remember reading a profile, maybe it was in the, I think it was a New Yorker profile of, of George Lucas, where he had a fatwa that you, you can do all these novels about Star Wars and all kinds of stuff. You cannot write anything about Yoda's backstory. He just mm. has to remain mysterious. Okay, that, that I agree. I yeah. think I misphrased the original point a bit. This is the real problem. It's not that there isn't a broad universe there that you can work with and that you can expand out and make more movies and spinoffs of if you want to. The problem is, and this is just a problem <laughs> popular culture in general, because every movie now is purely designed to comfort the audience. They can't stray from those original characters. Everything has to... I'm, I'm sure that's what the sequels are like. I never saw them, but... Yeah, my only point is that like they don't have to have Obi Wan. Like you could come yeah, up exactly. with exactly that, that's any what I story mean too. you want where Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi does not meet Darth Vader in the middle of this timeline where right. they're not supposed to meet. Right. That's my only point. And yeah. it's like they, you constantly they're constantly doing stuff that that makes it that deprives nerds of part of the fun of being a nerd, which right. is to say, oh, uh, you don't get it, right? right. You know, like that's not the, like. There's an interesting thing about yeah. General Greedo or whatever, right. and <laughs> and like if all of a sudden all of that is the you know, three Kiss guitarists played together is really <laughs> fascinating. Well, trust me, you know if if, if you want to get nerdy, like the whole William James, the universe with a lid off and everything's possible, mm -hmm. takes away like this sort of investment you have in knowing right. this knowledge, yeah, and having this stuff as like your special you know sort of yeah. insight. It's like, like it would really bum me out. You know, knowing that I've spent a long time learning about conservative intellectual history, if all of a sudden you could just start rewriting what James Burnham said, you right. know, and yeah. like all this yeah. kind of stuff, it's like I, it's like this. It, here's one, like so, it's not about fiction, right? 
baseball cards, baseball stats. There are people That's what I was thinking. who have enormous investment yeah. in that they know someone's RBI from 1973, right. you know, and that kind of right. stuff. And that same part of your brain tr is triggered by a lot of pop culture. But in pop culture, they can rewrite it in ways that you can't change the stats right. Right. for baseball cards. Right. And I think it's just an enormous mistake. I mean, there's few ways these products and stuff can lose super fans. Yeah. And this is like, it seems like this would be the only way that people would be like, well, I'm out. Right. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, that seems ridiculous. I know there's a lot of like fan fiction where like Kirk and Spock are gay and they're doing all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff. And that's fine. But yeah. I think it would be a huge mistake to come yeah. out with a Kirk and Spock are gay, get married right. kind of thing. Not <laughs> yeah. that I have, care about those right. issues. I just, yeah. I'm just saying like fans have investments in these things right. and, yeah. you know, and you got to keep the certain things constant. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll just double down quickly and say that Kiss agreed to make Phantom of the Park because it was pitched to them as a hard day's night meets Star Wars. And they thought it would be the next Star Wars. <laughs> that, see, like, uh, so it's a true story. They didn't think Star Wars was going to be the big movie that year. But it was a disaster, right? They thought it was going to be a disaster. Yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, Damnation Alley, which I saw in the theater, uh, was they thought that was going to be the big movie. You should watch it sometime. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a period piece. Okay. <laughs> um, Damnation Alley, uh, starring George Pappard. Okay. I believe the kid from Bad News Bears, who was like the bad boy on the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, is in it. Anyway, it is a, oh, and oh, oh gosh, what's his name? I just pulled it up. Um, the main star, Damnation Alley. Uh, there's a guy who's like a big deal. Jan Michael Vincent, is that his name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. As Tanner. Oh, yeah. uh, you can tell his IMDb photo is like, this guy was something one day. Yeah. Kind of looks so, like, like Tom Cruise. So Damnation Alley is about a, it's a post-apocalyptic film where this group of, of heroes, patriots, mount up and ride around in super militarized RVs. Nice. And um, and all I really remember in the theater is being terrified when the flesh-eating giant cockroaches got one of them. Um, oh, man. Because they're all mutated and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But they thought that was going to be the big movie, not yeah, Star Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So they were what what the, what people in the industry call wrong. <laughs> and, um, 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 and now I can't remember what I got on to this. I was... This is a lead up to something else. Oh, the Star Wars, this being a marriage of Star Wars and um, Hard Day's Night. It's to put it in terms that you would understand. It's sort of like Homer Simpson's plan to create a super animal where he's going to put his cat and his dog in a sack and make them breed. Yeah. So they'll create an animal <laughs> with the, uh, the, the cleanliness of a dog. That's right. And the oh, and the loyalty of a cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when you try to make Star Wars in a hard day's night together That's with funny. Kiss. That's so. funny. Wait, speaking of big, I know we're running along, but speaking oh, of big movies, sure, uh, <laughs> speaking of big movies, have you seen Top Gun yet? I've not. I've oh not. My gosh. I normally go to these kinds of movies like with my it. daughter. What? I didn't like yeah, it. Be careful. Just careful. You didn't like it. Just no, careful, because like get you British. I just had to throw that in the. the He's just to enrage Melissa. Out of at here. At the end of the dispatch. You don't podcast, get it, man. You don't get it. So at the end of the dispatch podcast this morning, when we were talking about not worth your time and the Washington Post yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't air your dirty laundry about your job in public <laughs> yeah. and all that. <laughs> and David just throws Egger under the bus for what Egger said in our Slack channel about the Top Gun movie. Yeah. So you gotta be real, if you like 
like David will come at you. Sure he'll come he at yeah. he'll come at you like a spider monkey. Andrew, so just be I also careful. think was severely misunderstood in Slack, uh, but we don't. I've tried it. not to pay too much attention to it because yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I normally go to these things with my daughter, but my daughter hasn't seen the original. And she's like, I want to see the original before I see oh. this. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just know a couple of things. Yeah. Like yeah. planes. Right. right. Um, and who and, Goose is and that's and it. Goose, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, this was uh, not good. worth someone's time. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of this well, one. Well, not any worth of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's one really wonderful lady who cleans her stove when she listens to these podcasts. And I, Cynthia I, W. Yeah. She's great. She's um, awesome. So um, we have to discuss one thing. What? Oh, good Lord, there's more. How are we going to end this? Oh, this is the No You Want This is a podcast question? This is the No You Want This is a podcast Okay, so I, I, before we get we didn't even talk about the Mike Gallagher episode, which we're not going to do right now because I, I got to get so it. Good. I haven't written a G5 I yet. Know. But I did screw up not asking him to do No You Want This is a podcast in the Bane voice. True. That would have been true. No, you won't. <laughs> this is a podcast. I mean, I can't do it, but. It's pretty um, good. Uh, yeah. So, what do you want to talk Ex about? Explain yourself, sir. Uh, I just I find it so exhausting to ask. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to sound like William Shatner. I find it so exhausting. <laughs> um, uh, I find it so exhausting to ask to explain to people who don't know what it is. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. And we've had this internal conversation many, 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 many many yes. times yes. that while we only hear from people who like it right it there's a there's a selection bias problem yes. because most people don't listen to the very end where there's that right. little cowbell sound that yes. you're supposed to have at the end of podcasts and so when we ask should we do it the only people who are motivated to say anything are the ones right. who listen for it and i understand and we appreciate and you. I, we love these people. We, we love, love the super fans. And I we understand maintaining canon and stuff. But I got to tell you, like, the one of the banes of my existence, and I don't mean the Bane <laughs> voice Bane, you know, right. is the friggin' dear reader gag of the G-File. And um, acquiring <laughs> more... Let's, let's give the people one thing at a time. Yeah, let's, okay. let's, but acquiring... Right, actually, yeah. we but we're kill killing two, we're killing two canon things here. Uh, but acquiring more and more of these gags that I have to, like, honor for all eternity is just exhausting. And, like, asking, like, you know, Francis Fukuyama... <laughs> hey, wait, don't go away. Wait, yeah. hang on. I know yeah. you're late. You know, we're over yeah. time. But, like, by the way, can I have you say, no, you won't, this is a podcast? And he looks at me like... I look at Guy when he talks about going to a kiss convention and yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's weird. And so. in, 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 uh, your defense for people, there's some people that comment and they were like, how does he not like, how does, how do Fukuyama and these guys not understand the joke? Uh -huh. It's not that they don't understand it. It's the fact that you have to take 60 seconds yeah, to yeah. explain it to him. And then it's just kind of awkward. And then they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, I don't think anyone's like complained about doing it, but uh -huh. um, it is, it's just a weird, because you have to say very unnaturally be like, yeah, thanks for coming on. Don't, don't turn anything. Wait, 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 yeah, one yeah, more yeah, thing. We need one yeah, more thing. Yeah, so yeah. it does get a little awkward. Also, I just think the joke's getting a little, <clears throat> yeah. you know, but um, yeah. I want to read one viewer comment on it because this is just so good. It's so funny. This is from Kelly Bowers. They're a viewer. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what did I say? Viewer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah listener. Yeah. Um, she she gave me permission to read this. She wrote me August of 2021. Uh-huh. Uh, when we must have threatened to get rid of it then, too. She wrote and said, True story. 
I had a long heart-to-heart phone call with an ex-boyfriend a few months ago. When we were ready to end the call, it got awkward. Habit dictated an an I love you, but the time had passed and would clearly be inappropriate. So out of nervous energy, I just said, no, you won't. This is a podcast and hung up. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) I'm reconsidering getting rid of no, you won't. This is a podcast. Isn't that great? So one of the things I've talked about this with Caleb a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to crowdsource this really quick. And then I'm going to go because I have to write the G file. <laughs> um, and I'm starving. Um, and I have to find some place that will pre-portion my food for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, Go to the AI cafeteria. Um, that sure would be nice to see Jonah in the office. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's Radiolab, but I can't remember for sure. But they do this thing where they have listeners record, like a little kicker, like, Oh. Radio Lab is brought to you by the blah, 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 blah foundation, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Nice. I would love to set up something where listeners can record some 10 second soundbite yeah. that has them say, here I am, who's, you know, whatever, right. and blah, blah, blah. I yeah. just don't know what it is. Right. It doesn't work for Know You Want as a podcast. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean like, Know You Want as a podcast. By the way, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right. Bud Gretnick right. from Atumwa right. Falls. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can't uh, say this is, yeah, this is Ryan from Grand Rapids. And No You Want this is a podcast. Yeah. So, it? like, figuring out something to do with that would be fun, get more, you know, and yeah. as, 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 as community as, manager, this as community is manager, nice. yes. I, you know, maybe you, you want to hustle is, with that promotion to communities are <laughs> and you can figure this out. Um, this is top of my list. All right. Top of my list. So, with that, I'll talk to you next time. Greetings, listeners. Are we recording? <laughs> so I was like, it's a good question. To ask. <laughs>